Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. While online purchases of food and beverage currently account for only a small fraction of the category's total sales, consumers are embracing online grocery shopping at an exponential rate making it a channel where industry players need to be for long-term success of their brands. Emerging brands and startups in particular can benefit from e-commerce, which in many ways is lowering the barrier of entry for them to access consumers and build brand awareness, because they no longer need to pay to play with a brick-and-mortar retailer or with a distributor. But while e-commerce compared to in-store distributions offers many pros, it also comes with several cons, as well as a completely different playbook for driving brand awareness and gaining consumer loyalty. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, marketing consultant and owner of Spark PPC, Steve Marin, shares why e-commerce will be pivotal for food and beverage brands' long-term success, as well as strategies for navigating e-commerce to drive sales and brand awareness. Understandably, most companies want to focus where they can get the biggest bang for their buck, which on the surface currently is not e-commerce, given its limited penetration for food and beverage. But according to Marin, the channel is growing fast and offers companies many paths towards success. The uh, food and beverage sector is still one of the most uh, underpenetrated by digital sales in the U.S. Um, I was actually reading a pretty good study the other day by uh, Food Marketing Institute and Nielsen. And they said uh, food and beverage is a $1 trillion industry, but online sales only accounts for $20 billion. So it's really only 2% of total sales, but it is growing. It's expected to grow to $30 billion by 2021. Um, so there is a lot of growth to be said. What's, what's driving the growth right now? Um, so if you look at total growth in food and beverage, 82% of that growth is coming from e-commerce, um, which is pretty staggering. Uh, so traditional retail, you know, it's had, it's had its time to shine, and now e-commerce is really starting to take a little bit of that market share although still very small, but growing each year. Um, the three big players are really Amazon, Walmart, and Costco. Um, but you're starting to see more, I guess, little guys coming in and, and sort of taking a little bit of share as we, as we continue on. And it's expected to grow, um, I think, 10x by 2025. So online sales will account for 20% of total sales um, by that year. In addition to e-commerce's sharp growth curve, Marin says the channel offers several benefits, such as generally larger orders and more frequent reorders. But he adds these need to be balanced against several drawbacks, including a higher barrier for discovery than offline channels. Online shoppers are actually more habitual and less adventurous than offline shoppers. Um, so one of the pros with e-commerce is that you can nurture and indoctrinate your customer to your brand more easily. Um, the reason for that is because 40% of online shoppers are actively looking for new brands versus 61% offline. So more people offline are looking for new brands. So if you focus on e-commerce, you have more of a chance of grabbing them. 16% um, of online shoppers actually are influenced by packaging versus 37% offline. Um, and 23% consider buying a brand that they don't usually purchase versus 54% offline. So it's it's a lot harder to... Um, capture a customer offline than it is online. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, one highlight, though, is that e-commerce tends to have a higher um, cart size. So if you are selling online, you're bound to make more money that way than uh, traditional retail. Um, the cons of e-commerce, though, is that 
um, old habits are hard to break, right? We're all used to just going to the, the, the nearest retail store and purchasing there. So um, if you are going to do e-commerce, you have to remember that you're pretty much battling against convenience. Um, I can easily go and buy a banana if I wanted to at a, at a supermarket versus uh, e-commerce. So if you're going to do e-commerce, you should really specialize in something that's like a specialty item. Differentiate yourself. Um, low margins are also a, uh, you know, uh, a common problem I see with a lot of these, uh, these brands. If they sell a one-off item, you're bound to make a lot less money. So in order to combat that, you want to increase your average order value. Maybe set a sort of uh, minimum order quantity for your shipping or offer some type of discount. And the third, I would say, the con for e-commerce is your marketing. Even though your website exists online, it's hard to be discovered because there's so many websites and there's so much distraction out there. So your marketing really has to be on point there. E-commerce's limitations around discovery should not be downplayed. But Marin says they can be offset through three key strategies that all fall under the umbrella concept of, quote, serve, don't sell. Um, if you're thinking about uh, delivering something specific and you want to be discovered, really what you're trying to do is generate awareness. Um, and, and generating awareness is really the outcome of good marketing. If you're looking at like the, the first step in the buyer's journey, so to speak. So if you picture the, the marketing funnel, um, awareness is really acquiring your target customer as a lead first, uh, whether it's capturing name or email or something like that. But um, then the question be- becomes, how do you capture a lead, right? Uh, one concept that I really like is uh, the concept of serve, don't sell. Um, I actually didn't come up with that. I wish I did, but it's coined by a man named Liston Witherall. He's a sales consultant, and I think that really summarizes um, how, to, how you can capture leads better than uh, retail on e-commerce. And so I think if we look at it as, as, a, as a strategy, there's three different types of ways to do that. Um, the first would be free content, um, whether it's going to a trade show, uh, offering recipes on industry blogs, that sort of thing. The second is partnerships. Uh, if you collaborate with influencers or work with complementary brands, that's a good way to be discovered. And uh, paid advertising would be the last. Now, obviously, I'm very biased because I do paid advertising for these brands, but I think it's a good way to amplify the other strategies by using paid. But the overall lesson here is to, to serve, um, deliver value up front, and then hopefully collect that information to kickstart that relationship. Of these three strategies, Marin acknowledges that the first two may appear to be a distraction from the business of actually selling. But in reality, he says, they are essential to it. Um, so one of the things I see, I see tons of e-commerce sites, whether it's uh, food and beverage or not, um, created under the assumption that, you know, throwing a bunch of products on a website will be followed by like a ravenous flood of Black Friday type of customers. And, and I've made that same mistake as well. Like I, I tried my hand at e-commerce once and I just really failed at it um, because I wasn't trying to build a brand. I was just going for the quick sale. So uh, brand building is, it's not even uh, a question. It's mandatory for e-commerce. When you're looking to sell directly to customers, you're using your e-commerce site, you should focus on brand building. And um, one of the strategies there is, I always, again, point back to the discovery. You're not going to be found online unless you're trying to serve first, so providing value first, um, whether it's video content, whether it's uh, blog posts, whether it's doing pop-up shops, partnering with influencers, just getting your name out there and actually providing something to the market, not just expecting the sale. Um, so that's really what I think there. And, and if, if you're choosing to take control of the entire journey, um, then you need to build relationships with your customers. You can't just want them to, to open up their pocketbooks and give you their cash. You have to really take them under your wing and, and show them why you're better and why you're not a commodity, that you're a specialty item, and that you deserve uh, their purchase over your customers. So really differentiate yourself. 
An essential component of convincing online shoppers that they need a product is an easy-to-use and welcoming website, which Marin says may sound obvious, but like many other essential components, is easy to overlook. In between awareness and conversion, you have consideration, right? If you're looking at the entire customer's journey or the marketing funnel, and your website plays a, a major role in that stage of the, the customer's journey. So my advice there would be to deploy conversion rate optimization onto your site or CRO in, in you know, the fancy marketing terms. Um, the problem is that many websites that sell directly to consumers or e-commerce are not very user-friendly. Uh, they provide too much friction that blocks that path to purchase. So some, some of these examples are uh, just bad overall UX, especially on mobile, because more people are looking to mobile before they actually go on their desktop to make the purchase. And mobile purchases are growing as well. So it's hard to navigate. I, I tend to like the, the, the old rule of three in design, which is take uh, three, you know, step back three feet and then look at your, your home page for three seconds. And if you can't tell what that is, then you have some work to do. Um, bad website copy is another one. You shouldn't make the customer think. It should be very, um, it should be, you, you should be speaking to the customer's pain points, goals, and challenges. Um, try to be persuasive with your copy. State your clear benefits. Address any objections and concerns that they might have because if you're answering those questions in their mind when they're on your website, you're more likely to get them as a customer. And your call to action should be very clear. You shouldn't make them overthink the purchase. Uh, one other thing I'd like to add is uh, social proof and testimonials. If, if, especially if you're new, they might not trust you, and there's a good reason for that because there's so many competitors out there. So if you can have testimonials or social proof of previous customers, that would be great. And it, it kind of ties in with images. You want to have high-quality images and lifestyle images, but I also suggest having customer images. So if you can ask your previous customers to send you images or hold some type of contest and have those on your site, even if they're not high-quality, it just shows that you're, you're being purchased, you're, you're trusted, they like your products. That's a, that's a very big sign. Brands can further magnify the impact of their efforts and by extension sell more with paid advertising, according to Marin, who was fast to point out that when done right, it doesn't need to be expensive as long as brands select the best advertising avenue for their product. In terms of paid advertising, it really doesn't have to be that expensive. Uh, if, you, if you want to generate awareness, you can create a, a quick video, um, maybe create some type of blog post or free content just to start getting your name out there. And those clicks really aren't that expensive in the, in the long stream of things, especially like on uh, social channels such as Instagram or, or Facebook. So in terms of being effective, I, I'd like to test as many as possible. Um, I really focused on Google and Facebook the most because, they, again, they have the biggest market share. Last time I checked, I think they had 98% of paid ad um, market share out there. I could be wrong, but I think that was the number. So I like to test both of those because that's really where most of the people are. But again, uh, you want to focus on uh, where your customers are. So if people aren't searching for your item because it's so uh, special, like in the specialty category, then Facebook might be the best way to generate that initial awareness. You can also then use display to like, uh, encourage that curiosity, then click back to your site. Recognizing that this is a lot to keep track of, and when combined with the day-to-day grind, it can be easy for entrepreneurs and companies to lose their way. Marin advises them to stay focused on maximizing sales by using the ABC formula. You want to focus on maximizing sales, right? That's really the name of the game. Uh, You do want your marketing to pay off. You do want the ROI. So I call this the ABC formula, which is 
if you want to succeed with, with maximizing sales, all you have to do is increase um, three things. Your average order value, which is increasing the average value of a purchase, um, increasing your buyer frequency, which is the amount of times your previous customers come back, and then increasing your customers, new customers, so customer acquisition. Um, if, you, if you want to think of ways to increase AOV, some of those are uh, bundling, uh, packages, minimum order, free shipping, upsells, po post-purchase upgrades. Those are some ideas there. If you want to focus on bringing new customers back, because it is cheaper to bring your previous customers back as opposed to acquiring new customers, you can try retargeting ads. You can try email marketing. You can try uh, loyalty programs. And then lastly, for new customers, um, you really want to reference, again, the discovery strategy. How do you get your, your brand in front of a new audience? And then you can use uh, targeted traffic like paid ads or, or, or that sort of thing, remarketing for, for bringing them back to your store. Well, we have barely scratched the surface with how to maximize a brand's impact online for e-commerce. I am afraid that's all we have time for today. However, listeners can find more great advice from Marin on his website, sparkppc.com. I hope you found today's podcast useful and that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week. Mm-hmm.